Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking to Chris M. Walsh, the founder and editor of 50 Grand, the travel magazine that goes deep to uncover the real USA. As you'll hear, the magazine is really a mix of travel and food and music, which is itself a reflection of Chris's interests and experiences. He's spent time working on Billboard and Zagat's, and he's transferring the things he's learned from those big corporate publishers into making his own small independent, while obviously also scrapping and improvising and making things up along the way. I'm sure lots of the things he's trying to figure out at the moment will sound familiar to anyone who has tried to publish something themselves, and it was great speaking to him and hearing about his story so far, so I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Chris from 50 Grand. Chris, thank you so much for making time to talk. Thanks for having me, Steve. This is great. So you are the man behind this very distinctive new travel magazine, distinctive for, um, I think, a couple of reasons. Um, partly the perspective that you take, and I guess we'll come on to that, but um, mainly because it is based entirely in the US. So to tell me about that. Why make a, a travel magazine dedicated to the US? Yeah, so there's no shortage of media covering, covering travel, right? Um, and so many do it well. But where we thought there was a distinct opportunity was looking, taking a deeper look at the United States, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and doing it in a different way. What we're really trying to do is infuse like the fun of traveling in a magazine. Mm-hmm. Where I love magazines. Everyone who works um, on the magazine loves it. And it's really the passion and love for magazines and wanting to do something uh, a little bit different. Right. So part of the focus on America isn't um, a a statement, a political statement or anything like that. I mean, certainly the people who like 50 grand so far are curious, smart people who are looking to explore other other things and other cultures. Um, So that spirit is kind of in all travelers. Just the perspective we take right now is um, is let's look at the country at a a different uh, at at a different level, because there's so much to see that. America is huge, right? Um, so we really, we really thought that there was a opportunity to kind of take a deeper look um, at America that wasn't just geared for like the one percent, mm-hmm. and to do it in a really fun and uh, a fun way that had a lot of energy and a lot of. I mean, if you look at the magazine, it uh, the the design is different from other travel magazines. There's a lot of energy there, um, and so that's what that's what we're trying to do. Uh, and and I, I guess you talk about going deep, and so the way that you do that with the launch issue is theming the whole thing around hometowns and so then you're I guess not just getting a guide of maybe the best things to see but you're getting someone who genuinely lives there is from that place giving you actually a really impassioned reason for why you should go why should why you should care yeah and and you know when we were the whole magazine is about taking a look at the United States in a different way. And I thought, how do you, how do you first take, how do you take that first step? Right. Um, and so we really wanted to kind of reframe the country and what better way to do that than by talking to people who really know places. Right. And, and, you know, I, I say in the magazine at one point that, um, it, you know, it, it, there's a lot of focus on, on, um, 
on magazines and media companies really tapping into um, experiences at the local level. And there's obvious reasons why they do that because um, that, because that's a fantastic way to explore cultures and explore places. Um, and we like to, we wanted to go just one level deeper and really kind of get to the heart of people who have like lived and breathed places their whole lives. Mm, right? mm. People who love and almost hate places in, in a lot of ways because you, <laughs> you really figure out um, or you, or you, you really find out a lot about a place um, from people who, you know, who, who kind of who, who own those places, the people who wear the places on their sleeves, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's what the, the the first issue is all about, really, just kind of framing America like the best and and what we see as the best and the worst of our of our hometowns. And and these stories and essays and photo essays all come from a from a place of uh, of love, but but that you know in there we we kind of show the good the good and the bad too so there's a lot of uh spirit in the in the first issue through there's there's yeah you're right there's there's a lot of spirit there's also so i i guess when i picked it up and i thought this you know it's interesting idea uh travel magazine talking to people about their hometown so my first assumption is so this is going to be the magazine that busts all of the stereotypes and shows us a, a totally different side to the u.s and actually I was really struck by the number of stories in here that that don't challenge the stereotypes actually, but they kind of expand on them. So you've got a writer who is talking about Philly as a fight town now. So I've never been to Philadelphia. I don't know much about the place. Probably about the extent of it is Rocky. And then there's, so there's this guy who's like writing about how no Philadelphia really is a, a big fight town, but like you know for these reasons. Or there's somebody else who's a Bostonian. And again, I've never been to Boston, but the the thing that I kind of picked up from the movies is so people from Boston see themselves as like chippy outsiders. And this guy's like, yep, 100 percent. We're like we're the we're the guys who are going to be there, like drinking and <laughs> shouting at you. No, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's exactly it. And those are two great examples of kind of what I, what I imagine the the uh, the magazine to um, present an offer in the in the first issue that the writer from Philadelphia, Joshua Davis Stein, is a great, great writer with so much voice. Mm. And if you if you if you know him, I think Philly is, is really comes through in his in his personality and also in his writing. Mm. And if you're going to Philadelphia, knowing that it's it's a fight town and kind of that spirit is, uh, you know, when you know more about places, it, it's a. Uh, it makes it more fun to experience them, right? The more mm. the more knowledge you have about places going in, and that's like the exact type of uh, you know a thread on the cultural undercurrent that um, that that makes it makes your experience in Philly um, maybe a little bit more memorable when you're going in with uh, with that lens. And same thing with Boston. I mean, that's what the, the whole essay about uh, having the chip on the shoulder, and it's almost like the, the, this position of uh, the the perennial loser in a way, right? Um, I think a lot of, you know, Boston has had a lot of success or it has been featured in movies and TV and, and certainly it's had a lot of sports success over the years, but at the core of it, I think Bostonians kind of, you know, I'm generalizing here, but there is that very blue collar feel to the city. Mm. And, um, and there is that uh, just the spirit of that comes through in that essay. So these were kind of the exact same. These were the exact things that we're trying to uh, convey in, in, you know, in, in the magazine through 50 grand. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it, it's easy just to put up another, not easy, but um, a lot of places put up the, you know, the 10 things to see or the 10 best restaurants. And those are, those are obviously incredibly valid and a lot of media sites and uh, magazines do that very well. Um, but we didn't want to just do that, even though that's important. So these are the, the angles that we're trying to um, bring forth in the magazine. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, we're not, you know, when we do focus on places like Philly and Boston, um, we're trying to help people maybe re-see the city in a way they haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. But what we'll really end up doing or what I'm hoping to do with the magazine is just to expand people's places of interest. So really talk about the cities that don't always get um, the light thrown on them and um, really, you know, again, explore different parts of the country that, uh, that we don't always see covered. Um, but yeah, again, when we talk about the bigger cities, um, we definitely want to try to do something that other people haven't or don't do often, right? Yeah, um, yeah, just yeah. so we're not doing the same thing. It, it's very it's very clear listening to you talk now and, and reading the magazine as well. This is not your first experience with making magazines. So I, I'm interested to know, like, what's your background and, and how did you come to doing this? Yeah, so after college, I moved out to L.A. to get into the record business. And I don't know if you know who David Geffen is, but I was pretty positive I was going to be the next David Geffen. <laughs> um, but the spirit, you know, 50 grand, I, I always talk about it not as a travel magazine, but as a mix of a travel, food and uh, music magazine. And my background is um, in music. And I worked at Billboard magazine for about five years, a little more than five years. And I also worked at a... Um, a American restaurant guy called Sagat, which is also very popular mm -hmm. in London. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I have a mix of food and, and music media in my background, but I also worked at uh, some record labels and the spirit of all those places. You know, if you know food writers, if you know people in bands, if you know people who write about music, if you know chefs, these people are all kind of the same people. I mean, mm -hmm. they're really passionate about something and they really geek out about something. And this is the way... I think many of us travel, right? We see, we see places and we see, uh, and we want to experience places through, um, the best food and I mean, the best, uh, food and music that, that they offer. And so there's a lot of food and music in, in 50 grand. And, um, so that might, you know, a lot of my experience both in food and music is, is kind of infused into the magazine. Sure. But presumably, uh, you were, I mean, well, clearly you were, were not the man who was running Billboard magazine. So I, I'm always interested to know for, from people who are making independent magazines and have, they've been involved in making magazines before, but never been the ones who literally make all the decisions and publish the thing. What has your experience been like compared to what you were expecting going in? Um... Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, when I was at, uh, so I was at Billboard for about five years as a, I was the editor of the business site and we had um, stories that went into print and obviously online. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of my experience is kind of similar to the way the print magazine was run at, at Billboard. You know, there was a, there was a weekly cycle there um, and kind of the, the spirit that went into making stories um as good as they can be and focusing on good journalism and, and all of that, um, is certainly something that I've tried, tried to carry over, um, to 50 grand, but mm -hmm. there, um, you know, I, I love magazines. I love the process of, of 
being involved in producing a magazine. So all of that is, is, um, is similar and still there. And being able to set an editorial calendar is really the fun part of doing this. Um, but certainly the, it, it's, it's certainly very challenging, right? The, the marketing and distribution of, um, a print product. So I'm understanding that in a way that I was never exposed to prior and certainly not exposed to when I was involved in digital media. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I'm learning a lot like day to day. I'm not, I'm under no, I, I never thought it would be easy. And I'm just, I'm beginning to learn exactly how, how hard it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. How, um, how not easy it sure, is. Yeah. I'm sure you get these stories all the time, but, and I'm sure I'm sounding very naive to you, but, um, but uh, you know, the editorial process and, you know, to me, that's the fun side of it, working with writers and, um, curious people and photographers and designers, um, so it's still as fun as a, as my prior experience. Mm. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's a challenging making things, um, um, you know, just, it's, it's a challenge marketing and distri distributing something and making it profitable. But, um, you kind of know that, that going in. So we'll yeah. see, you know, I have like, a, you know, I'll see where I have about a three year plan mm -hmm. about a year into the, into it. And, uh, it's kind of going, uh, you know, pushing COVID aside for a second, it's, it's going about as well as I thought it would go, uh -huh. um, which is pretty well. And, um, you know, so we'll see how it goes and we'll see where we are a couple of years from now, but, um, getting, um, retailers and, um, distribution deals that, that's not going to happen unless people see, see the product. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you had, you had to obviously just produce a, a pilot or proof, proof of concept before anything could really get going on the, on the business side, or at least that was, that was my experience. Um, and so we're still, I'm still in the, in the midst of that. We have a distribution deal with a, um, with a small distributor in the Pacific Northwest, uh, here in the States, and then we'll have national distribution for the next one. But that whole process of getting distribution and, you know, making some relationships at retail, that's a, it's, it's a long one, or at mm, least that's mm. been my experience. Mm. And so, um, I guess I, I, I thought it would be time consuming and challenging and it proved to be more so than, than yeah. I thought. So yeah. I don't know that there was any real, there's no real trick, right? Um, it's just, it, it's a, you know, you have to get out there and, and do it. And I'm sure a lot of people listen to this podcast have already done this and probably could point out the things that I, I would need to know, but <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of getting into it right now. I like, in, you know, I think about uh, retail and, and distribution a lot in the same way I do with uh, community management online, like community management to me is, uh, I'm talking about online community management mm -hmm. with, uh, through social. It's, it's a grind, right? You have to get out there and you have to, you have to do it. And it's daily and, um, and it's just, it, it's a process and it feels, you know, distribution and getting out and making relationships is uh, kind of the same, same exact thing. Sure, so sure, um, it's fun though. <laughs> it's fun. It, it's fun sometimes, I think, and then sometimes kind of not not so fun. You, you, I'm interested. So you you brought up the uh, the c word. So uh, so COVID uh, has obviously uh, had a major impact on what you're doing. I think. I mean, reading any magazine these days, particularly ones that were made before coronavirus hits, is literally just like looking back at a previous era. But I mean. A travel magazine like yours, particularly one that's talking about, you know, great 
restaurants and places where you could go with friends and and like places where you can go and see live music i mean for me here in london that stuff just seems like a lifetime ago i mean how how big an impact has this all had on on what you're doing yeah it, i mean when you read through the stories some are in a way like evergreen we have a story um by a really great writer in, in new york who just talks about the art of dining alone Right. And we have other, you know, the, the piece on from the, from the writer, again, another really, a really great, fantastic um, magazine writer uh, about his hometown of Denver. He talks about all these, these old school places that, you know, you want to, you want to experience before the city completely changes because there's so much new development Mm. or there has been so much new development, you know, the past five years or so. So these things are in a way, you know, these things are, are things that will still be true for you know the immediate short-term future um so it's not like we put out a list of you know the hundred restaurants you have to go to right now Mm -hmm. in america but you know that said when even when i flipped through the magazine you can tell it was it was pre-covid everything pre-covid now feels very uh, it just feels like a different a different time Mm -hmm. um my wife we were looking at pictures the other day my wife and i and it was just a bunch of us at a restaurant and that seemed like years ago right and it was from january so um you know i i think you know we're all ex- kind of the good thing is like we're all experiencing and figuring this out together and in, mm. in real time it's like a universal um experience so i think everyone kind of understands understands that 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 if something was made pre-covid there there may be um you know, it's, it's going to feel a little bit different. So we're really trying to focus on um, what the next issue will be and what's the appropriate thing. Mm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so, so, that, so, so how do you do that? So how does issue two then need to change because of the very different circumstances that we find ourselves in now? Yeah, so I think what we're going to end up seeing a lot of um, guides or magazines focus on um, exploring while being socially distant right so wide open spaces Mm. and um i'm guessing you know here in america there'll be a lot of um guides to ranches and places Mm. like montana Mm. um but kind of like in the sphere of the whole magazine we really want to take just a different you know to use a theme and really look at the country in a completely in, in a completely different way right so i don't want to do wide open spaces or anything like that because there's a lot of people already focused on the on that and they'll do it really really well and why just do something that every everyone else is going to do sure. so we're trying to look at alternative themes that um that will help us just kind of reframe the country in a different way one where i think the second issue will be focused on color Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're really just, you know, we're really trying to think through what are the things that haven't been done before with color and how could people use color to explore the country or see the country in a way they haven't before while also being being safe. And mm-hmm. so I think people have to pick up the magazine and see what we end up doing. I don't we don't have it totally figured out. But um, yeah, like a, a guide to Montana or a guide to Wyoming, um, a lot of you know, other magazines would do that and do that very well. And um, I think we'll just try to do something different. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the other massive uh, 
I don't even know what to call it, but the the like epochal change over the last few months has been uh, the the Black Lives Matter um, protests and the the very different ways that I think people are, are thinking about race um, at the moment. You launched with a commitment to social good, so uh, a kind of determination to donate part of your profits to charity and also to have a, a positive effect in the communities that you're in. It feels like all of that meshes very well with something like the Black Lives Matter movement and and this kind of greater engagement with the communities that we're all living in. Have you had chance to do anything with that yet? Or is this something that you're, again, like looking to the next issue for? No. So we definitely want to incorporate the feedback from the second issue into what we end up doing end of year with uh, our social change uh, charity I say event, but it's not an it's an event, but just and what we end up doing with um, social good and with with charity and um, where a donation will go. Um, so we we actually were so what I'm trying to do is solicit from from the 50 grand subscribers and the 50 grand readers um, what we should be doing. And so we have there is a page in there's a page in the first issue that says here's what you should do um, to let us know what you think um, or how what we should do with mm. our with our donation or mm. with or or how this comes together. And the feedback that we've gotten so far has been mostly around um, the environment. Mm-hmm. And so people have said, this is our number one concern and um, this is where you should focus, like to do something to, you know, to fight cl- uh, global warming. So, uh, you know, in issue two, we will again make, make the call and, um, and see what comes back. That said, everything that's going on, certainly here in, in America is in, incredibly important so um you know i I think there's gonna have to be a way that that we that we juggle that we juggle both Mm -hmm. um but but again we don't have really have it figured out that there will be more in issue two about about what we kind of the spirit of of the magazine that's one of what i consider the editorial pillars like i I believe that businesses um should be a part of their communities and doing good in their communities and just not um you know there to offer you know to make a profit so uh but i do i don't i don't want to be the person saying what it should be and i do want it to be from the 50 grand um readers and subscribers so um, i think we need more input before we come to something concrete sure sure so when then can we expect to see uh, issue two coming out so it would have been would have been out uh now july was the july 14th or something was the date i basically have knocked the whole schedule three months Mm -hmm. which is also what we kind of saw in terms of a dip for for sales things you know we launched in january the the issue was really out in december of uh, 2019 but um kind of out wide in january and um right around mid-march we saw sales kind of drop off mm-hmm. april was completely um, dead and then started to pick back up a little bit in in may mm-hmm. so um i we kind of knocked everything off by three months and the second issue will be out in uh in late october sure sure um well it sounds like you've got uh, a lot of work still to do with that <laughs> so uh, so good luck with that uh and i'm really looking forward to seeing this next issue yeah, thanks so much for having me it's been great talking to you and you've been a great supporter so far and i, I honestly really appreciate all the support um from oh. Stack. it's just been great and thank you so much no not at all it's uh, it's my pleasure cheers thank you very much All right, thanks, Steve. 
Okay, that's all for this week. We did have 50 grand in the stack shop, but I'm afraid that's sold out now. So if you want to pick up a copy, you should head over to 50grand.com. Uh, that's grand with an E on the end, where you can buy the launch issue and also subscribe to the coming year of magazines. I'd also like to take a moment to remind you that as I'm recording this, the Stack Survey is live and we want to hear from you. It will run until the end of this month, um, July 2020. So if you're listening to this within a couple of weeks of us posting the episode, please go to stackmagazines.com forward slash survey and let us know what you think about the stuff we do. Uh, we're going to be choosing one respondent to win a £100 voucher for the Stack Shop and everyone who completes the survey gets a discount code uh, which you'll be able to use in the shop and in our subscriptions so I can guarantee it's worth your while and obviously it's incredibly useful for us as we try to figure out what to do next with Stack. Okay that's all from me for now so thanks very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with another episode next week.